In communities all around New York, there have been announcements in recent years about new warehouses being opened by Amazon to help facilitate the lightning-fast delivery that consumers have grown accustomed to from the online retail giant. In response to this trend and the operation of warehouses more generally, state lawmakers have begun imposing additional protections for warehouse workers, including adopting a law last year addressing concerns about unfair quotas. And Democratic lawmakers are looking to build on that measure with additional worker safety proposals, which we'll consider with the help of Josh Kellerman, Director of Public Policy for the Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, David. So there are two worker safety bills kicking around the Capitol that I want to talk about, and I want to start with the Warehouse Worker Injury Reduction Act. What would this do if enacted? Yeah, well, first off, we're trying to fill a real gap here in regulation. There currently... um, the warehouse industry is extremely dangerous. It's four times more dangerous for workers than the average private sector industry in the state, and even twice as dangerous as construction and manufacturing, which are typically considered dangerous industries. Um, And these are serious injuries. These are injuries that are causing workers to lose time on the job, potentially go on um, permanent disability. And they're really injuries related to awkward positions, lifting and uh, bending, twisting, as you would imagine one does when moving boxes around a warehouse. And there's no regulation around this. There's no federal OSHA standard on ergonomics, which is the science of work uh, and sort of the design of work. There's no state standard on this. And so it's really the Wild West. And what we're trying to do here is to say that we need to clean up this industry. These injuries are unacceptable. It's putting workers uh, back into our communities. Uh, Thousands of workers each year across the state go back to their communities uh, disabled as the result of the warehousing industry. And it's time that we set some standards on it. Um, Really what the bill would do is create an ergonomic standard for warehouses, which Ergonomics is kind of a mouthful of a word, but it really just says like the that we should have an expert ergonomist go into each large warehouse where these injuries are occurring, review the work that's being done and make some suggestions for how to reduce the awkward postures, uh, twisting, bending, those sorts of movements that lead to these types of injuries and, uh, and then require the employers to comply with those recommendations. Uh, pretty straightforward, uh, common sense legislation that we think will lead to uh, a better outcome for workers and their bodies. Warehouses are, are not a new phenomenon in New York or around the country. So why has there been that so-called gap in regulations that you identified? Is it just the product of new and evolving science when it comes to, say, ergonomics and the regulations just haven't uh, caught up with that? Well, I think that uh, what we're, we've seen an incredible growth in the industry over the last uh, decade or so, and it's really tied with the rise of e-commerce. Um, and of course, COVID uh, really sped up that process of people purchasing things from home. And so it in, ended up with, uh, you know, that this is the one of the fastest growing industries in the state. Uh, last year, I believe 14% job growth in the industry compared to 4% in the rest of the private sector industries in the state. Um, and it's only growing uh, further from there. So we have hundreds of thousands of workers in the state that are in the warehousing industry now. So it's really risen to the level of uh, a society-wide problem rather than sort of a, a smaller sort of these random warehouses throughout the state are, are causing problems to workers' bodies. Now we're seeing sort of the long-term, almost like uh, you know society-wide impacts from this because so many workers are being injured in the industry now. 
Um, there was a study done a few years back that showed that Amazon had has a 150% turnover rate in its in its warehousing facilities, which means that you have you know the entire workforce effectively turning over and then some every single year, and this is partly due to the. Uh, quotas that drive work to unsustainable work that they just can't keep up with. And so they're being fired or injuries that are keep, you know, putting people out of work uh, as the result of that type of, uh, of work uh, standard that they're driving. And so uh, we really felt like it, that we can't wait any longer to act. So the other bill that I mentioned has to do with workplace temperatures. Can you explain the concern this bill addresses? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is about mitigating, um, you know, the the potential injuries from working in extreme temperatures. And part of the rationale for this bill is that with climate change, uh, extreme temperatures are more and more common. And, you know, sometimes people refer to it as global weirding, that it's, you know, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold, but what we know is where it's not predictable. So workers are being put in more and more unpredictable temperatures and also more extreme temperatures. So this is both heat and cold. And the the idea behind the bill is that certain industries, it doesn't cover all industries, it's only certain industries where workers are especially subject to extreme outdoor or indoor temperatures, that their employers would be required to provide them, you know, every two hours, a 10 minute break to either cool down or warm up, depending on what the temperature is. Um, And uh, they'd be required to provide hydration and some personal protective equipment, you know, if they're in particular temperatures that are extreme um and they you know during those 10 minutes of rest there you know there, there should be a place with shade for a worker to cool down or a place that's heated um, we know warehouses in the winter time are often uh, kept at a temperature just above freezing so just enough so the products don't freeze but then the workers are spending 10 hour shifts in 40 degree weather um and you you know have no place to warm up and in other situations like in agriculture you know workers are out in the heat of summer you know for 10 12 or 14 hour days uh with no shade and so it's pretty simple employer puts up a tent provides some water uh you know i, I don't think that it's 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 uh, you know costly or uh, complicated to deal with this, but really is about human decency. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about worker safety provisions that have been proposed at the Capitol. And our guest is Josh Kellerman, Director of Public Policy for the Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. So, Josh, were these measures crafted solely with the advice and guidance of the, the retail workers and the ergonomics professors that may study this and be experts in this, or were the companies that uh, actually run these warehouses, were they involved in this? Uh, and if not, what's their reaction been to these bills? For example, are they trying to kill them uh, here at the Capitol? Yeah, so um, this is part of a coalition effort. These bills are part of a coalition effort. It's uh, a broader effort called New Yorkers for a Fair Economy. There are um, um, several uh, unions, community groups, and uh, academics involved in the work. Uh, NICOSH, which... um, his New York's uh, Occupational Safety and Health Organization has been directly involved, and they have uh, staff that are industrial hygienists, certified industrial hygienists that work on these issues day in and day out. We've worked with several universities that have professors that um, specialize in ergonomics and worker safety, and also we've worked with several unions, uh, including the Retail Wholesale Department Store Union that I work for, the Teamsters that organizes in the warehousing industry and in the delivery truck industry, 
and uh, and also with ALU, the Amazon Labor Union. Uh, we've all been involved in this work together. Obviously, our intent is to have a bill that that uh, employers ultimately feel empowered by because they're the ones who need to implement this work. And uh, we would think that an employer that has the the interests of their workers in mind would want to provide uh, you know mitigation from extreme temperatures to their workers, would want to ensure that workers aren't being hurt on the job. So we look forward to that collaboration. Um, we have not had direct collaboration with them going for um, at at this. Point. Point, but going forward, we hope that through some of the advocacy that we're sure that they're doing uh, internally uh, at the state level, we'll uh, we'll be able to negotiate a bill that uh, ultimately uh, is a win-win. So both of these bills are about mitigating risk and limiting the potential for uh, physical anguish or, or discomfort. What level of risk, though, and physical anguish is permissible for warehouse workers? How do you find that sweet spot between a hard day's work and a painful day's work? Yeah, I mean, you know, workers are supposed to be doing their jobs for what, 30, 40, 50 years of their lives. And so although people aren't necessarily expected to stay in one job for 30 or 40 or 50 years, some some jobs are a young person's game, for example, and there's an expectation that you move on. Uh, These risks uh, that you can't see right now that I'm twirling, they're no longer built for scooping ice cream at Ben and Jerry's. Uh, You know, (laughs) now now I just type away and talk for a living. So, you know, is there an expectation that these people should be you know, able to do these jobs for their entire lives, or is should it be thought about differently than that? Yeah, um, um, absolutely. There's an expectation that people should be able to do this job for for their entire life, uh, and in fact, a significant portion of workers in warehouses are not young people. Um, they are older people over 35. Who you know, their ergonomics ergonomics experts are saying, you know, that's when the body starts to to break down, and uh, and those workers are still putting in the same hours, still expected to meet quotas, um, and and so we can't design these jobs as if they're only for young people. Also, uh, young people have to go to another job eventually if they leave that job and if they do it with a disability. I mean, you know, when you hurt your back, that it may be a month of recovery, but that often becomes a reoccurring injury throughout your life. You injure a shoulder, that's a reoccurring injury throughout your life if you don't properly address it at the outset. And uh, and so if we don't have appropriate uh, you know, uh, systems built into these workplaces to ensure workers aren't injuring themselves the first time. These are injuries that may dog a worker for the rest of their lives. That's why this bill, these bills are important. Heat stroke, of course, is a whole nother question. I mean, that's putting workers in hospital, in the hospital, uh, on a regular basis. And, and that can, you know, that can lead to actual strokes, you know, long-term impairments. So, um, you know, we really need to, to prevent those sorts of injuries from happening. So if these bills were to be adopted and they represented a change in business practices for some warehouse operators, should consumers be prepared for, say, changes in their expectations from retailers? For example, should they expect not to necessarily have one-day shipping? Should they expect that uh, items might cost more? Or do you expect that these measures could be implemented without any changes to the consumer experience? 
Yeah, I think I think they can be operated with, with few changes to the consumer experience. I mean, if you think about what the controls are for, um, you know, uh, work that is dangerous at, in a workplace around ergonomics, the controls are things like, you know, adjustable sh uh, workstation heights for workers. They are administrative controls like rotating worker duties more frequently so that you're not stuck doing the same repetitive motion over and over through your shift. These are not costly things to do. It, it may require hiring a few more workers on so that the pace slows down uh, for everyone. But that, again, these are, if if the if the best interest of your workers' bodies and lives is in mind, then these are not costly uh, things to do in the long run. And in fact, uh, you know, most of them are are free for an employer to do. They just simply need to adjust the way that they think about designing the work uh, to have the workers' interests in mind, rather than simply the movement of the the most efficient movement of goods in mind. So again, it, it might slow things down a little bit, but I can't imagine that they can't achieve these goals without very simple and cost-effective controls. Well, we've been speaking with Josh Kellerman. He's the Director of Public Policy for the Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. Josh, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks to you as well. Appreciate it. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.